speak, O Lord, as we come to you to receive the food of your holy word. Speak, O Lord, and fulfill in us all your purposes for your glory. Amen. So I wonder if you've taken up any new hobbies in lockdown. Maybe you've become a consummate baker, or perhaps you can now speak a new language. Well, one of the things that I've been doing uh, in lockdown is jigsaws, and apparently I'm not the only one. According to a recent UK newspaper headline, there's a jigsaw craze sweeping the nation, and sales of jigsaws and board games have apparently soared by 240%. So lots of us jigsawing at home. And our reading this morning is a bit like a jigsaw with three distinct parts that could feel like they're not very connected to one another, apart from perhaps by chronology. But when we see them together, when we take that moment to step back and look at them, we can see that they together build a picture of what's going to be key in Jesus's ministry. And so our lectionary for today begins at Jesus's baptism, which might feel a bit odd given that this is the first Sunday in Lent. Surely we should be focusing solely on Jesus in the wilderness. But the baptism, I think, sets the scene. It provides some context for us, and it gives us that wider lens through which we can see and understand what's going on. So we hear that Jesus has gone to John. He's been baptising people in the River Jordan, and that Jesus himself is baptised. And as Jesus emerges from the water, we're told that the heavens are torn open, that the spirit descends and Jesus hears God's voice. And this tearing open of the heavens is paralleled in Mark 15 at the uh, tearing of the curtain in the temple at Jesus' death. So at the beginning and at the end of Jesus' ministry, we have earthly barriers being broken down of truth being laid bare. And this tearing of the heavens and the descent of the spirit symbolise for us that God is accessible to all. It had been believed that prophecy had ended with Malachi, that we couldn't hear God's voice directly anymore. And here, with these heavens becoming open and being rendered, God is saying, open your ears. I am speaking. Get ready. And what is it that God says? You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is an affirmation of Jesus. And note that this affirmation comes before anything else has happened. Jesus hasn't performed any miracle. He hasn't healed anyone. He hasn't cast out any demons. He hasn't even turned water into wine. He hasn't given any sermons or called any disciples. God declares love for Jesus before he has done anything. God's love isn't conditional. God doesn't say, I'll be pleased with you if, or I'll love you when. No, God says, I am pleased with you. God says, I love you. God says, you are my child. First and foremost, before anything else, there is an affirmation for Jesus by God. And so what follows this affirmation, this time of great blessing? Is it rest, perhaps, or performing miracles? 
or maybe hordes of disciples queue up to listen to and follow Jesus? Well, not exactly, or not yet anyway. Jesus is driven straight from this glorious moment of affirmation into the wilderness, and there he is tempted. And this uh, drif being driven out could be more accurately translated as being thrown out into the wilderness. And I don't know about you, but I have certainly had times in my life where I've felt as though I've been thrown out into the wilderness. And it's helpful, although admittedly sometimes difficult, when in that place to hold on to that affirmation we have from God. And I often think of those words from Paul in 1 Corinthians 12, when he's pleading with God to remove temptation from him. And we hear these words. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. We are all tempted and thrown into the wilderness, but in God's grace, we can see that through. And as ever in Mark, his account of the temptation of Jesus is brief. Well, that's saying the least, really, isn't it? There are none of the details that we get in Matthew or Luke. We don't hear what temptations Jesus faced or how he overcomes them. Simply we read that he was in the wilderness for 40 days being tempted by Satan. It does feel a little sparse, doesn't it? There's no rocks or towers. No quoting of scripture or views looking out over kingdoms. For Mark, of course, though the details aren't important, what's important is the telling of the story, the overarching narrative that speaks to who God is and who we're called to be, that tells us what Jesus was about. But we do get two details, though. Jesus is thrown into the wilderness or the desert for 40 days. And this, of course, has echoes of Moses's 40 days on Mount Sinai receiving the Ten Commandments, as well as the 40 years the Israelite people spent in the desert. Mark is drawing on the historical and scriptural significance of these things and reminding us that in the Bible, the desert can be both a place of arduous testing, but also divine revelation. In 2006, I was fortunate enough to go on a pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and I was there during a heat wave. Now, I can barely cope with a British summer, let alone being in the desert when it's 46 degrees. But despite the heat, it was an amazing trip, and I was greatly blessed in many ways. And uh, one of the things that we did while we were there is go to Petra in Jordan. Now, this is an ancient and it's enclosed sandstone cliffs and as you approach and you walk through a gorge and you can't see anything all you can see is sandstone cliffs around you and I remember vividly the moment where you turn a corner and you can see this amazing building in front of you being revealed and the light was shining on it and it just glowed in the afternoon sun much can be revealed to us in the desert if we're brave enough to journey through to it. And this Lent, we have an opportunity to journey through the desert and take time to reorientate ourselves towards God. So I wonder what are you doing for Lent this year? I was speaking with a friend in the week 
who said that they just couldn't face giving anything up. They felt like this year they'd had to give up so many good things. I can't remove anything else from my life that brings me joy. I'm not giving up chocolate or cake. And this got me thinking about Lent and the purpose of giving things up. And for me, it's about making space in our lives for God so that we can focus on God and think about what God is saying to us. Often people choose to take something on, don't they, as well as or instead of giving things up. Sometimes that's committing to daily prayer readings or daily um, reading or finding ways of doing random acts of kindness. Whatever your Lenten discipline this year, I pray that it will enable you to focus on God and that you will find revelation in the desert. The final section of our reading today tells us what Jesus does next, what this affirmation and temptation lead to. Jesus's response to all that has happened is to proclaim the kingdom of God has come near, repent and believe the good news. And this is the central theme to Mark's gospel as we explored a few weeks ago. The kingdom has come near, now is the time. Turn your lives towards God and let God's love and justice become the guiding principles for how you make decisions, for how you live your lives. For Mark, there's no time to waste. We need to respond now, not tomorrow or next week. We need to turn ourselves towards the reign of God, to recognise the activity of God in the world and to join in. And so this jigsaw of apparent disparate pieces of affirmation, temptation and proclamation are in fact all threads that weave together, that connect together to help create the tapestry, the picture of God's pattern for our lives. First, before anything else, God affirms Jesus and us. And this enables us to cope when we're thrown out into the wilderness and to journey through it in God's strength, with God's grace, coming to a place where we can declare the kingdom of God has come near. So this Lent, may you be blessed as you hear the affirmation of God for you. You are my child, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. May you have the courage to enter the wilderness and be astonished by the revelation of God. And may you proclaim for all to hear the good news of the kingdom. And may our lives be ever, only and all for God. Amen.